Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you're joining us from around the world. Welcome to Web3 Warriors, episode 34, featuring Charles Umbada from the Nija Dow, co-founder of the Nija Dow. Welcome, Charles. How are you doing? I'm doing well, brother. Well, thank you, David, for having me. Um, it's a pleasure to be here on a Saturday morning. Just finished a cup of, cup of coffee. You know, I'm ready to vibe, man. That's what's um, up. Thank friend. you for joining, and it's a pleasure to have you here. You know, I we actually met for the first time in New York. I'm going to ask you about that. I don't know if you even remember at Arts's event. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's, uh, it was inspiring just hearing you talk about the Niger Dow and uh, what you guys are doing there. So welcome, everybody, to episode 34. I'm David Karoma, your host. I go by Chrome in the Metaverse. And uh, for episode 34, we're going to be talking about DAOs and really specifically how DAOs can be used to kind of bring together international collaboration, you know, like minds, maybe people from similar backgrounds who want to work together and, you know, network with each other. And really just looking at how DAOs are creating a really interesting avenue for creators and artists in this creator economy to find success, to find each other and to network and coordinate. As I've said before on this show, I am a member of a couple DAOs specifically that I'm kind of volunteering and working with on a week by week basis. First of all, with the Dream Conduit, which is an actual nonprofit 501c3 DAO that is focused on actually helping uh, creators of all kinds onboard into this Web3 NFT blockchain space. It's really rewarding, a lot of onboarding work, just really cool conversations that we have every week with people from around the world that want to know about what NFTs are about and just want to be part of the conversation uh, with the NFT community because there are always interesting, uh, innovative projects that are being built and new concepts being discussed and really just the bleeding edge of technology on the blockchain because there is so much left to be done. And then the other one I'm working with now is the Storytime DAO, which is a little bit newer and we're really trying to be an incubation and aggregation kind of platform for stories and projects to be able to get whatever they need to actually get their projects minted and just have more cool works of art on the blockchain. So that's just an example of how DAOs can form around a concept, around an idea, and to define DAO, Decentralized Autonomous Organization. I shouldn't assume all of our listeners are aware of that. (laughs) So definitely the goal of Decentralized Autonomous Organizations is to take the best elements of the blockchain, which are, you know, transparency, accountability, maybe even automation, certain things being automated through smart contract and having that all kind of transparent and the governance of your organization using that technology to the best of their ability collectively. And that can be different depending on what you're trying to do with your DAO, right? Um, And different DAOs can have different voting structures, different levels of decentralization, quote unquote, you know, depending on how they want to have their governance structured. So it's a really interesting space. It is still a lot of things being defined as we go. I think in America, I believe there's only two or three states that actually acknowledge DAOs as a legal entity. So there's a lot of work being done um, on that front as well. On that point, I know Charles is actually joining us from Philly, which is really cool to be a co-founder of a Nigerian NFT community DAO, the Niger DAO, and to be located in Philly. So we're going to talk about that kind of international vibe and how DAOs allow for this kind of platform of collaboration. So it's really exciting and it really is no limits to what can happen. You know, a DAO is an organization, so it can be a corporation, it can be a nonprofit, it can be a lot of different things depending on, again, the aim of the DAO. But in this creator economy, in this space where it is still difficult to 
get your work seen, to get heard, and to really make an impact, you know, in the wider sphere, you still have to drive traffic to your art, to your creations, right? And in that sense, DAOs create this opportunity to pull, you know, artists of similar values or similar aims together to be able to help each other, to collaborate, network, find opportunities to build and grow, and then most importantly, promote each other and actually have that network effect, you know, which we know is powerful on social media to get your art out there, get your NFTs out there and show people what you're working on and to support each other and connect and build. So that is the, in a nutshell, what DAOs are about, what's possible with DAOs and why why many of us uh, in this blockchain and Web3 space want to work within DAOs and want to work within this new organization structure that hopefully can get rid of some of the more toxic and predatory elements of the old Web2 and traditional kind of economic structures or corporate structures and really flatten it and maybe create a lot more accountability and transparency and importantly, compensation for everybody involved rather than just a few at the top. So with that synopsis, I do want to again welcome you, Charles to the show, to Web3 Warriors. And maybe before we get into Nigel Dow and all of the amazing things you guys are doing over there, just give us a little bit of background. You know, what brought you to Web3? What brought you to the blockchain? And how are you How are you finding it? Yeah, thank you, David, for having me. Um, again, my name is Charles Mbata, one of the co-founders of um, Nigel Dow. Chuma Anabado is a brilliant artist. Also in Nigeria is my co-founder. He's not able to be here today, so I'm going to be speaking on his behalf. Web3, uh, what brought me into Web3 space? So I'm a, I'm a collector, right? So uh, I've been collecting artworks for, for some years now, but, you know, really Afrocentric-driven work, so work that I relate to. So growing up in Nigeria, West Africa, you know, I came over, you know, to the United States like over 25 years ago, 20 years ago. But so... Being out in the West and looking at some of the artworks out here, but some of the things that I resonate with, some of the artworks that remind me of my childhood back home, nice. you know, not being physically, I was connected with artworks that I'm like, man, um, this is really, um, I remember a masquerade because Chuma Nabado has um, this brilliant work uh, he does with, um, you know, line arts with masquerades. Uh, so I, 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 you know, I, I really got attracted to that, and, and I started collecting those type of work. So not just his work, from other artists from Nigeria, um, West Africa in general. Um, so just being a collector of the space, you know, prior to NFTs, you know, collecting by the physical artworks. Um, so when we, when in conversation with Truman, one of those conversations, he told me, hey, have you heard about, you know, this thing that's popping up now, NFTs I'm going to venture into? I was like, what are you talking about? And then, you know, the conversation started, I started looking into researching about NFTs. I was really doing buying crypto prior to that, you know, buying all the coins and dabbling into the meme coins and all that stuff. And then when he mentioned it, I was like, man, that's a no-brainer because I've always been a fan of the tech, blockchain technology, following nice. the space, looking at what's, what the trends are. Um, because, you know, I come from a place where there's a lot of dysfunctionality growing up. And being in the United States where it's a bit more organized, things a bit more functional, there's laws and rules and stuff. I always thought about, you know, if the politicians, the people there cannot really fix that, there might this this technology might have some a lot of impact in a place like that where you could automate some of this, and especially what you mentioned about DAOs, you know, so some where some of those things can be self-governance, you know, without relying on a human being that might be corrupt or have some type of political or religious bias. Those things might help, you know, create some type of orderliness back there. So I've always been thinking about it from that standpoint. And that's how come I gravitated towards the technology. 
I gravitated towards NFT because it makes sense. And we're going to talk about really the impact, like it's really powerful stuff happening where, you know, you know, growing up, we'll watch Western media and movies. And when I came to the United States, I also saw how Africa was portrayed through the Western media. Right. And I was like, mm, not really how it is because I'm from there and live there. So there's certain things that big cities, it's not all kids that are hungry. Um, begging for food there are successful people back there their roads their skyscrapers and all that stuff so i don't really see much of that portrayal when i portray when i came to the, you know when i came to the united states so it's really something powerful but now that the the youths or the people the artists the creators out there are the one actually you know telling the story or painting what the culture is like and it's being put in the blockchain so it's not like you know it's not someone else is not doing it for them they are doing it so right. that's really something powerful and it's on a blockchain so nobody can change so my kids can 200 years from now 100 years from now and go back and say okay this is what masquerades are like even if you don't practice them anymore you know so so those those, those things are really something that i'm really you know, proud about. So yeah, that's how I came into the space. And, you know, I've been, you know, enjoying every bit of it. Um, this, you know, bear market, bull market, all that stuff, it's part of it. But yeah. just the core believe or sense that this technology is actually helping impact people in Africa. It's just amazing. Most definitely. That's awesome. And I, I share your background as far as actually collecting real art and then realizing, oh, so I can purchase art from artists on the blockchain, support these artists essentially the exact same way. And now there's no limits to the amount of art I can hold because I don't have to worry about having space on my walls, right? <laughs> like, where, where's the lose? There's no lose. That's a win, 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 you know? Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, it's really exciting it's, and it's cool. So you say, you're saying some of the artists that you were already purchasing art from, they were the ones that actually brought you into NFTs and you had dabbled in cryptocurrencies uh, prior, but not really um, looking at like the smart chain or the smart contracts and the NFT side of things. Yeah, I've just been buying the meme coins, just following the, following the trend, buying the Shiba, the Doge coins, <laughs> watching the Nice. gain or what i made some money from some of them you know mm. i lost some of money too but right. that was really my focus but but when i started understanding the impact of the technology is actually when i started seeing people selling their artworks but they're physically in nigeria like the um the osina cheese the um the owos um the afro trade i see you have it as a pfp there yeah and mm -hmm. when i understand in that that paradigm shift i was like wow this is powerful and then I was like, man, you know, I then sort of studying it, learning it, being on the clubhouse spaces 247. My wife thought I was crazy at some point, <laughs> but you know, I was just soaking it up every day. And then it hit me. I was like, man, I would see artists coming to the space. There were people who start asking the question, oh, so what's the utility? What's the process and all that? And I'm like, hmm. And I'm like, I don't think these artists are really built like, I really built for that, those type of scrutiny. Let alone the people in Africa, or okay, that we start talking about accents, people I can't hear you very well. That's where the um the idea came about. And I was having a conversation with Chuma. I was like, man, we have to create a space for Nigerian artists where they can come and share their work and talk about their work, even if it's in a local pidgin language that we speak. That's just and, to make it accessible, right? Exactly. And boom, that was it. We created a clubhouse room. And then the next day we had a you know, few days after we have like four, five hundred people on it. You know, we were like, man, this is people that really and most of the artists are joining. And then we sort of feel we felt the need to start hosting spaces, start teaching, onboarding, 
and then it, it grew from there. It was just like that. We need to put a structure in, start employing people to kind of help, you know. So now we, we, we didn't, it wasn't called Niger DAO initially. It was just Niger NFT community. But along the line, we started seeing a lot of problems that we, we, we could solve being a DAO. And that's how come we, we made a decision to change the name to like Niger DAO. And that's what we're walking through. So we're going to get into that. But it was just more of like a need to create a safe space for Nigerian artists. People, there's a lot of artists, David, that are, they, they create brilliant work, but they, they can, you know, not all of them, but they can speak English to, 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 to the say. Mm-hmm. They can they communicate in the pidgin language and all that stuff, but they're very brilliant. Their work is, if they tell you the details that goes into their work, you'll be amazed. This right. is stuff that takes weeks and weeks. So, we, we don't feel like those people should be left out of the conversation, especially when it comes to Web3. And that's why we exist, pretty much. That's amazing. And that is filling a huge gap. And, you know, I hope to see a future where every African country has their own DAO for their NFT artists to collaborate and connect. Um, and I know, like you mentioned briefly, um, even within West Africa, I think there are people benefiting from the fact that the Niger DAO exists, right? And there are people purchasing Absolutely. art from other, not just Nigerian artists, right? Yeah, um, we're going to get into that. Yeah, yeah, yeah for, for sure. sure. Um, you touched on Owo, so I did want to just share that because that was definitely one of the most inspiring NFT projects that I was able to be a part of. And, you know, I definitely recommend everyone to go check out Afro Droids because to this day, the revenue from the uh, sales even on the secondary go to support this amazing um, dream catchers academy which is an ngo in nigeria that has benefited by um i don't remember the exact amount but a lot of money that they've uh, got donated from the afro droids project so afro droids minted twelve thousand of these awesome afro droids and they mm-hmm. sold out i think within a day which is amazing <laughs> and then you know a huge chunk of the revenue went to support this girls school dream catchers in nigeria and so that's just one case in point of how you know a single project can make such a huge impact and impact the lives of young women and people in the community in general because those families are doing better everyone's doing better because these kids can go to school and have reliable you know access to technology so definitely wanted to promote that and uh, ask anybody to go check out Afro Droids because they're very accessible and very cool. Got a couple. Yeah, myself. <laughs> and, and, and you know, it's just uh, just to add to that, there's so many of the of you know the, what he's doing. The impact is going to create a few, a, couple, a lot more Afro Droid projects in the near future. Think about it. I mean, he's pulling kids off the street that don't have any shelter, giving them shelter, giving them education, teaching them about arts, teaching them about NFT, teaching, teaching them about technology. So imagine like 10 years from now, some of those kids are going to come up and those are the people that are going to write, you know, they're going to write the, the history of the culture. They're going to tell you what's happening currently in the culture. You're not going to get it from the media. You're going to get it from the kids that are living there. So it's it's, it's beyond powerful. And and this guy, he he's over there. You know, he, made right. this, he didn't have to travel to the United States or Germany or anywhere, the Western world. He's over there. And that's just that's through the powerful connection of possibilities of the blockchain technology. Right. So that's why I think it's, it's you know, that's when I started understanding that shift, that, that impact. I was like, wow, this, this, this is powerful. 
Yeah, that's next level. That's what we're here for. That's what the Web3 Warriors like to focus on as well. And because uh, it's really the creator economy, it's really empowering artists, it's empowering creators. And like you say, connecting them on a global scale through direct peer to peer transactions. I purchased two of these Afro droids at Mint, and that money went direct to Owo and his team, and they went direct to the Dreamcatchers organization. And I can feel good about, you know, making that donation, but not just a donation. I got something for it. I got some cool art. The art has been a gift that keeps giving. They dropped some cool voxels, you know, wearables that I can wear in the metaverse. Yeah. Um, they've dropped uh, droids, these additional, you know, secondary assets that you can claim if you had an Afro droid, you right. know, the drones, I mean, right. And then they created those little voxel versions of the drones. So now I have a drone mm -hmm. in, in voxels that I can use in the metaverse. So it's really cool. It has actual, you know, interesting uh, artistic and creative elements and digital assets but most importantly it's making a real difference on the ground so speak Absolutely. to that that point you just made about peer-to-peer -peer and the international you know scope of the technology right and how web3 makes it so easy to just pinpoint direct support an exact you know artist or even an exact community if you know, a project is set up. So how is the Niger DAO kind of positioning itself to, um, I guess, make the most use of that technology? Um, yeah, we, we are, we, we're just, you know, doing a lot of things in that aspect. Um, we, we are coordinating a lot of exhibition events that, you know, pretty much exposing these artists uh, that are physically there. They're not, not able to travel to NFT NYC, for instance, but we're actually putting their work out in front of those and, 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 and community members of NFT NYC. Because we just had a um, an exhibition called Metanoa. Um, we selected um, 15 artists from the group, definitely wanted to push uh, a lot of, we made an, a, you know, a conscious effort to put a lot of female artists, up and coming, unknown artists on that platform. And we displayed their work in, in three um in three countries simultaneously during the NFT NYC in New York, um, Kenya, and then in Nigeria, Lagos as well. And, you know, people had the opportunity to actually purchase their work um, um, during that that exhibition. So uh, creating exposure for them, that's really what we exist to kind of bring out this artist and you know, share their, their work to the rest of the world. And in addition to that, um, the, the DAO structure that we're trying to put together, we're currently looking at uh, creating a smart contract to kind of help not just, you know, a membership dial box, some of the criteria that, some of the issues that we saw in the process is that, you know, our community has about 99% of our creators and one less than 1% or 1% um, collectors. Hmm. And, you know, we it's a problem that we've been trying to tackle for the past six months in terms of how do we get more, not just, I think we've done, Decent amount, fair amount of job in terms of the visibility trying to bring because we always feeding about the works and putting the works up um, um, in other collaboration, other um, events, and all that. But we, we feel the need to kind of solve this the core problem that you know so that they don't really you know they don't have to rely on other you know sales from other people. That's that's a plus because we always we always have that if their work is exposed properly. Um, they will get that. But internally, we're just trying to see how we can create more liquidity amongst us, sort of more um, purchase. So part of the criteria that we're putting the smart contract is for you to be a member of the DAO. You have to purchase a work of a DAO member, which is community, one of our, our community creators, our member, uh, and also be, um, you know, be able to own one of their work or your mind. So in order for you to start to purchase one of the members' work. So that way, you know, we're able to get more traction in terms of 
um, purchases and being able to support ourselves internally, then if the export the external aspect of it comes into in terms of other people from different parts of the world, probably that's fine. But we just need to start doing the work ourselves internally to kind of get more um, more purchases and and all that. So that's that's some of the problem that we've seen. I think uh, me being over here in the United States and making some of the bigger collaborations because we're working with Disrupt Art now. We're trying to set up, um, you know. Nice. Um, yeah, we're, we're just, I was just speaking at the event in Cincinnati this past uh, month or so. So we're, we're, they're trying to collaborate with us to help us put an infrastructure together that one, you know, that's going to solve some of this uh, purchasing issue, um, some of the collective issues, and two, we're trying to get educational materials from them that we could translate into um, local languages, um, and we'll be able to reach more um, new creators out there using nice. getting to them. You know, get into them in their local dialect so that way um, they understand what NFTs are, you know, without even having to understand English or just in their own local language. So those are the two key big things that we're kind of working on. Um, current conversation with um, with the folks at Disrupt Art and they're, they're really eager to support us. We had a space with them the other day, a couple of weeks ago, and uh, we're just following the conversation. So, yeah, that's okay. some of the aspects that we're looking at. And we're also partnering with a lot more teams that are willing to support. Uh, we're just trying to finalize terms with them. Yeah. Yeah, it's, that's a lot. There's a lot of angles, I know, in that space for sure. Um, and I like that you touched on the fact that you have like 99% creators and only like one or less than 1% collectors. And I think that is uh, a common issue in DAOs that are focused on trying to help NFT artists sell their art, right? The artists come flocking. Yeah. And I, that's an interesting avenue as far as having that um, requirement to purchase a piece of art in order to join the community. And I guess if someone's already a collector of your artist, would they just be able to join without purchasing another one or would they have to purchase a new one <laughs> <laughs> that's a good question <laughs> well, i think for the purpose of what we're trying to do it's gonna be like freshly minted new ones yeah that's cool yeah with the wallet in in, in the pool like in the part of the snapshot or whatever you, you're a dev guy you sound like a dev guy but yeah <laughs> nah, just a collector <laughs> i'm more a collector really i just ask these questions because i've been doing you know more dow formation than i care to admit and it's a lot of random questions pop up in my head <laughs> um, yeah, but... yeah, yeah, yeah. so that, that's a very good one but i think for the purpose of what we're trying to do it's just going to be the people in the pool that are minted and all that stuff yeah, yeah. So, so maybe you mint it underneath um an actual collective wallet essentially like it's going to be like Nigel Dow wallet um, with minted artworks yeah, yeah. under there that you purchased yeah. from. Yeah, that makes sense. That's really cool. Yeah. I would definitely like to check that out when you have that artist or that yeah, yeah, yeah. We, up and ready. Yeah, the smart contracts are done. We're just going through. Uh, we're trying to get into auditing now. The audit, you know, auditing the works are not cheap, you know. Um, yes. And devs are not cheap. <laughs> they're in high demand. <laughs> Maybe not quite as high as they were last year, but they're still in pretty high demand. <laughs> yeah, but, but, but funny enough, you know, I just need to give him a shout out. Sam Ogu is a dev for my community as well. Nice. And he was being very gracious in terms of taking the lead on that on that aspect. Um, and he, he's, a, he's a brilliant guy, very strong mind. We're trying to get him to kind of do more, you know, I know just to kind of help bring up more devs at his, at his yeah. level. That's another shortage, so, right? Shortage of devs too. Yeah, we're going to get into that. So, so we, we actually had, um, we actually had, uh, we invited a, a very uh, a smart contract guru called, um, he's a buddy of Francis of DC. So he had, uh, we had a first talk uh, meeting. So he kind of, um, we brought a couple of devs. Sam was one of them. He was a co- 
both speakers. Um, Francis was uh, the main speaker for that event. It was just we just talked about smart contract, and uh, it was a very well received um, uh, event that Niger Dow hosted. So it was a high level stuff. They really lost most people at some point. But what we're trying to do point. 2.0 of that is to kind of get people that are interested in learning, you know, mainly community members, not people, community Niger Dow or African community members that are interested in learning more dev or advancing mm-hmm. and having a bit more session with them, you know, just to kind of advance it a little bit more. So that's the 2.0, but that's in the works coming. He's kind of, we're talking terms and he prepared documents and how to kind of structure the line. You know, so, so that's what we're doing. So from that angle, and DAO is just not, you know, we're, we're just we just trying to promote um promote our members on all front. Dev is something like you pointed out, is something that you know it's definitely needed in high demand. And the more devs we have within the community from our culture, it's easier to kind of get concepts that are that are get concepts across. You know, it's easier. They are more approachable. You can, if a guy is thinking about a brilliant idea, he's easier. He can communicate more with a community member than a foreigner. So I think it's really important on that front, and also just to, you know, get people to do cool stuff and be able to collaborate and cool projects that doesn't have to depend on our, you know, guy just charging them twenty grand. Right, exactly. Would help expedite. Those those cool ideas coming to fruition, um, not being, you know, it won't die because you can't afford it. There, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So, so yeah, a true collaboration yeah. space and being able to actually do as much as possible in house through the community, right? That's what it comes exactly. down to. Yeah, I'm going to reach out to you. It's going to charge an arm and a leg. You know, and I can't afford that. And the dream dies. You know, so yeah. Yeah, no doubt. Can't have that. (laughs) Um, So I want to touch on something else you mentioned about um, NYC. So as I mentioned, I was at the arts event in NFT.NYC and a really cool hip hop show that you sponsored or your Nigel Dow, I should say, uh, sponsored. And I was inspired, you know, and that's really what planted the seed of wanting to make sure I can get you guys on the the show at some point. Um, Just the fact that there was that international scope and you were really speaking directly to the kind of work that's done in Nigeria by NFT. NFT artists and the impact it has on the community. Um, it was really inspiring. And then to hear that you had, you know, that happening in NYC, and then you also had Lagos and Kenya kind of simultaneously doing a type of art show or symposium. How did exactly did that work? And how did the participants find it? You know, like, were they really interested in the fact that this was happening in alignment with NFT.NYC? And there was this kind of global scope to it? Yeah. How did you promote it and execute that? Oh, yeah, that, that was a big one that was a big one i don't think um not to brag i'm not sure um there's any other african community that is doing you know what we're doing on that front um because what we did was um so i was invited to be a speaker at nft nyc and we felt that we could use that opportunity to really push artists and if you look at the people on that feature list always there uh, so we featured one of his work. But we wanted to use the big names and the uh, unknown names to kind of bring everybody up. So so we started planning it about three months ago. We had members of the NM, Kenya NFT community that reached out. We talked to them and said, hey, this is what we're planning to do. And they were like, yeah, we'll, we'll help you guys out. So we, we got that locked in. A lot of coordination. Lagos, we have to find a location. We have to find a location in Kenya. 
Uh, we started putting ads out, and some of these location people, some of them are gracious enough to donate their venue for us. We just had to pay for other things like uh, drinks and the screens and all that stuff. But sure. we started coordinating. We had a we had a group chat as of Telegram, WhatsApp. Everybody was assigned task. I wasn't, of, of course, I was going to be in New York, so all the New York aspect of it, I kind of took care of it. Chuma was more like he's the artist, he's the brain behind, you know, the artwork selection and all that curating and all that stuff. I was more of like, you know, in charge of the, you know, the, the venue in New York that we were um, with collaborating with the arts. I reached out to arts because I was in his, I was in NFC NYC the previous year. I was an arts event, so he was he's like my go-to bro in New York for anything event-wise. Nice. So I reached out. Yeah, he told me he was having a, something at a at a Brazilian house. I was like, sure, you know, want to help sponsor and get that, make that happen. In terms, he gave us some exposure. He was like, good, all good. You know, we shook hands, agreements. So we started working on that, and I come of course visited the spot. You know shared with the team what the outlay is going to be. Everybody was in approval. And then we started putting slideshows together, sending to the team. Arts, the team reviewed it and all that. So the whole concept of it, um, David, it was just, you know, the, the, we're just trying to dip in the, 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 the conversation. Uh, the, the narratives is changing, you know. The narratives, storytelling from, from, a, from, a, from a creative perspective was changing from, you know, just drawing your art, now going into the technology space, web space, and... We just wanted to make a statement that these are African artists in Africa that are part of this conversation. There are, you know, they might not be here physically, but they know about NFT NYC. They know what's happening. They know about web technology. They are the they are the adopters. They're one of the top top trading crypto trading countries in the world in Africa. Um, so they 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 know what's happening. They they appreciate the technology, and these are some of their artworks. Uh, just you know, you guys have to you know get to appreciate it, and it's coming from them. It's not from any Western media. You know, this is what they are represented, and we just wanted to you know have it be part of the mix in, in, in NFT NYC, and also not just um in in Kenya as well and in Lagos as well. So. It took a lot of coordination. Um, there's a lot of cost to it. Obviously, um, you were there in New York, um, but we pulled it through. And, you know, it's something that, you know, we're very proud of. And, you know, we're looking forward to next year. We've already started having conversations for for for, for next year's event and how we can make it bigger. You, you mentioned something that's really important. So I think our existence, to some degree, has also spawned out NFT communities. Kenya NFT community is one of them. Ghanaian NFT community is another one of them that right. most of them are part of our community as well. So we kind of always um, reach out to them. I was just talking to Kofi the other day, two, a few days ago nice. about, yeah, Kofi, actually, I was talking to him about a contact that reached out to us that's coming to Ghana. I'm like, yes, we have people in Ghana reach out to Kofi. I just made the connection. So we're always in connection with them. So what we're trying to do kind of like without spilling the beans but what we're trying to do next year is actually trying to get all this community together and trying to do a big event not, not just being a uh, you know an attache uh, event but being the main event like these are african communities nfc communities hosting this event you know come and look at our artworks come and look at our events come and enjoy our culture our music our drinks and all that stuff that's something that we're planning and um, yeah, I know you touched on it, but so I think it's going to be very powerful. 
Yeah, that is yeah. that does sound very um, exciting, and I definitely would want to be a part of that as well. And looking at the diaspora oh. and looking at what's the potential is, you know, we've seen uh, African NFT communities, we've seen specifically African American. You know, we talked to the Black Metaverse here. Uh, we've had Kofi on the show a couple times. Um, his oh. use case, his use case around the masks, the uh, African 3D masks, and the way that he's not only made really beautiful works of art, but actually gone through the meticulous effort to preserve the stories that are attached to each one of those masks is just amazing like the there's so many different angles of why that's impactful from the community impact to the cultural historical impact to the individual impact for kofi himself who has been able to now travel to germany where he's done like real world art shows based on those masks that he's created and i think he's even 3d printed some now so they've become they've become fidgetal masks essentially where there's the digital one on the blockchain and there's actual physical versions of them as well so that's just super inspiring yeah for sure for sure and it's interesting because and not to say of course there are culturally relevant you know nfts i'm sure from different corners of the globe but looking at africa right looking at the cultural um history that we know and that is often dark in the more recent times um you know whether it's colonialism whether it's slavery whether it's um christianity and islam kind of you know giving us a thumb down on our cultural heritage and really trying to, you know, stigmatize our cultural heritage. I feel like we're at this real inflection point and not just Africans. I think a lot of indigenous cultures are at this inflection point as well, where not only do we have to actively try to save the cultures that we were at risk of losing, whether it's languages, whether it's symbolism and art around the masks, around other culturally relevant symbols, you know, we were at risk of losing all that. And in comes blockchain, right? In comes NFTs and in comes the opportunity to not only preserve them, but to actually present the entire cultural relevance of these items, you know, in your own language and in your own way and not have them be appropriated, not have them be, you know, stolen and and, uh, monetized without your uh, approval. So it's just so perfect, I I find right now. I mean, it's a big part of the inspiration behind the show that this happens to come along at this time when indigenous cultures are like, no, like colonialism was messed up. We need to repair the wrong of the history nobody else cares nobody else wants to take the effort to actually do the work that's required to repair that history so we have to do it ourselves and now we have this new tool to actually let us do it you know absolutely you bring up a good point and and and, you know something of of current relevance with the queen passing rest her soul has brought up a lot of of consciousness about this issue that you brought up because a lot of artworks were stolen from nigeria and there was a recent conversation that happened at the Benin Bronze that the Nigerian government is demanding it back from the British. It's in the British Museum. And we're saying, hey, <laughs> it's okay for it to be displayed there, but we have to give it to you to display it there. Right. In, 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 in From the real sense of it, it was stolen. Okay. We don't want to take it back to hide it. We want to show it to the rest of the world. That's fine. But just admit the fact that it was stolen in the first place, and they, they haven't done that. Right. So again, the the, the the generation now they're very conscious of what's going on, and they they they're now you know, for lack of better words, they're saying screw that. This is my culture. This is what my great grandfathers you know. This is what they related to. It's no longer we're not looking at the mask as something demonish anymore. No, exactly. You know? No, we're not. You know that was part of the brainwash. That's okay. Exactly. The youths now are not looking at it that way anymore. They're like, okay, that's part of my culture. 
you can call it whatever you want, but that's my culture. Yeah, okay? so real heritage. Now we're trying to we're reckoning with it. We're re-identifying ourselves with it. So that's what that's the powerful. That's what Kofi is doing. His work is very powerful from that aspect. Mm-hmm. Yes, and we also did a Chuma also has a a mass collection that we dropped as well that we added um audio poets um to it yeah yeah that was beautiful i remember that mask i actually been meaning to reach out to him because i think it's it got unlisted and they need to relist their masks (laughs) but i remember seeing them because they were those were the animated ones too right yeah yeah, yeah, the animated ones it was very powerful very cool yeah yeah, so, so we're connecting back with those artifacts and saying this is part, this is part of our culture. It's no, we don't see they're not demonish, just like you know the Westerners told us. So yeah, that's that's really and and again, be, for the fact that it's on the blockchain is what makes it even much much better. For the right. fact that nobody can go back and change it, you know, it's it's on there. It's so immutable. yeah. It's, yeah, it's really interesting, you know, so yeah. And I think we've touched on a really important point, especially for African culture um, and indigenous cultures, really. Uh, I can't wait to see more and more um, indigenous North and South Americans also using NFTs to preserve their culture because uh, it is such a huge opportunity. But specifically, you know, in Nigeria, how are you finding the impact of NFTs on the communities? And then how is Niger Dow trying to, you know, help that grow? Um, The impact is very powerful. Um, in the sense that, um, you know, despite all the uh, barriers and shortcomings that the artists in, in Nigeria face, you know, it, it's really having an impact. Because, I mean, at some point, you know, this is some of the things I was talking to Art about in New York. At some point, you know, the government bans um, Twitter, you know. So those artists back there in, in Nigeria, you know, imagine, you know, Western artists or people trying to trying to promote their work without Twitter. You know that's that's insane. You know, so <laughs> those are some of the those are some of the barriers that they face, and you know they have to go an extra mile to to go go get VPNs and trying to circumvent that that system, not to get in trouble for for using um social media. So and also lack of infrastructures like electricity, you know, poor roads and all that sort of insecurity. Mm-hmm. So those, those things those things have an impact, and you know so. That's why, for me, I appreciate some of the work that comes out of that because I understand what they go through to be able to create and be able to compete on the right. Web3 space. So that's why we, we exist, not just to onboard, but also to spotlight some of this, um, you know, difficulties and barriers and try to see how we can impact impact them or, you know. So the impact is massive, but it's just, it would be unfair to speak without highlighting some of these um, barriers and difficulties. That they have to go through to create to to, to create their work or express themselves. Yeah. So sorry, you wanted to chime in? No, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. So 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 that's that's what we wanted to touch on, and also, and the impact has been very powerful because in the sense that you know, like we've mentioned, some of the brilliant cases like uh, Always Droid and Osinachis, and now you have Antonio Zerkor selling out work, you know, and on also going back to his alma mater, going back to school, inspiring all the younger kids, telling them about. You know, being an ambassador for the for for the for the uh, for the NFT community over there, so it's not just you know it's not just artists, one on one artists or people um, selling their work. Um, it's just more of like you know them forming a, forming a community. There's gonna be a huge NFT um, event happening in Lagos this November, which we're a part of, and uh, another entity um we'll partner with sister entity called NFT NG. They they they're gonna be doing a very big convention in nigeria in, in this november and 
you know, we're going to be there for sure. And we're going to be doing um, another exhibition onboarding. So just to be, to create more awareness for the product, for the uh, NFT space and the technology. And we're inviting more artists. You're going to see the rollouts, you're going to, the ads are going to be coming out soon. We're going to be inviting artists, people, traditional artists, we call them traditional artists, people that are just, you know, canvas and color and they, they put their work up and mm-hmm. all for so. We're going to be inviting them to say, hey, doing live demos and how they can transfer that their work to go from, from looking at it physically to getting it to mention. So we're going to have workshops physically there in November doing that process and showing that process, recording and showing it to them. And so that, that's some of the impact that we're, we're going to be seeing. Again, in addition to the um, the, the translation of, of uh, onboarding materials in local language, which we're going to have displayed on on those uh, on that platform. In addition to that, so the, those are, and also we're trying to um, now formalize and start breaking down the political barrier in the sense that we want to have a representation uh, to the government saying, hey, this is about us. Because so, so it's, it's all about, David, it's, it's all about education. Some of them look at it as, oh, and this is coming. Reaching out to government is so important. They're so out of the loop, yeah. you know, people who yeah. actually yeah. have the knowledge and can like point directly to the value add for the economy Absolutely. need to be speaking they, to they, government, you know. They, they see it as a threat. Maybe this is someone who's coming to replace, they hear tokens coming to replace the, the Naira. No, we say, no, that's not what no. it is. This is just, this is just an opportunity for creators to express their work, to even sell their work, because that's what they did. In, in, in a reaction to that, they created what's called an e-naira, which hasn't gotten any reception so far. But they, they don't understand that they have to really be in the space. They have to have representative um, in the NFT space, in the blockchain space, understanding how this is benefiting the youth, their, their citizens, you know, and how they can work together to promote it and, and shelter it. So that's that's an, another level of um, engagement that we're preparing ourselves for. Of course, that will require a lot of funding. Yeah. But those, uh, those are some of the impacts, some of the things that we're looking to accomplish next year and beyond just to be that force that, that, that speaks or represents artists. Um, we're also going to be looking at some, this is like further down the line, some type of bridge partnership community with institutions in the United States and other Western part of the world to kind of help create programs that would help um, more training and more, um, you know, advancement of the technology back home. Um, yeah, so those are some of the things that, these are really grand plans that yeah. we think help, um, you know, help, you know, educate a lot, a lot, like thousands of thousands of people in the next coming year. I'm very impressed. I'm very impressed by the ambitious goals of the Niger DAO and specifically the lobbying side of things. That's the first community oriented DAO I've heard mention actually reaching out to government directly. And that is so important. And it really is a no brainer. And there's no reason not to, especially, I mean, assuming you live, I mean, democracies are there for you to speak your voice, you know? David, David, anything you're doing in Nigeria and and you're not involved in the politicians, it's just, you're just wasting your time. Right, exactly. Right, you know, you got to grease some palms, right? <laughs> yeah, that's wild, that's wild, but no, it is a good yeah, direction to take. Um, and that convention you talked about in November was that a usual art convention that's just trying to kind of add NFTs and Web3, or is it a, an NFT Web3 convention? It's it's an NFT Web3 convention from the core, it's not, yeah. it's like the, 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 the we are we are the creators of it, nice, nice. With the, yeah, so you, you're gonna see the um. The ads are going to come out very soon. It's like NFT to the core. It's not like blockchain factoring NFT. No, this is just 
NFT, and then everybody else comes after. Cool. And you said the other group helping or you're collaborating with was NFTNG? Correct. NFT Nigeria, no doubt. Yeah, That's super yeah, cool. Yeah. Man. Yeah, 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 yeah. You so know, you guys are really leaning good. into it, and I, I'm really impressed by what I've seen. Just individual artists, obviously, like you say, Owo and many others um, that come out of the Nigerian space, but really leaning into it and, and formalizing your approach. Uh, you've you've done the right thing, you know. And I'm really excited to see what Niger Dow does, like you said, in the next one year, two years, three years. Um, but it's very clear you're committed to it, and your community can will continue to grow, right? Um, how many community sure. members do you uh, currently have for Niger Dow? Um. So Twitter, I think Twitter, we have about six grand, six people, uh, six thousand. But we we've started collecting actual wallets. So for mm. for the DAO, and I think we have about two hundred or three hundred oh, wow. there. Yeah, the last time I checked, we had about two hundred wallets uh, that are that are going to be the DAO. That's pretty solid. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not just all Nigerians, some Ghanaians, some Ghanaians. Yeah, yeah, that's bound to happen. And to your other point about the um, collectors, right? I think if you really want to be able to open the door to collectors, you are going to have to be less like Nigerians only and more like anyone who who wants to support Nigerian artists, you know, come join our DAO and buy some art from our people, (laughs) you know. Uh, That'll probably help you get a bit more collectors in there, right? Yeah, absolutely. What do you think the so, collection yeah, side is like in Nigeria? Do you, are there a lot of um, Nigerian NFT collectors actually buying the art, or do you find that they're mostly selling to Western, maybe people of Nigerian background or African background? But do you find that there's actually like a collector base locally there? It's interesting. So um, this is um, yet to be defined data-wise from a data perspective. I think hmm. we have a for sure a strong, vibrant blockchain cryptocurrency community, for sure, no doubt. Why not? One of the top in, um, in the world, like top mm-hmm. countries in the world. So, so that that's that's that 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 helped, you know, with the adoption of NFT. Right. Yeah. So now try to quantify the amount of actual true NFT collectors in that space. I can't really say, but mm-hmm. all I, I can say for a fact is, you know, there are people from the block, the cryptocurrency um, community, Nigerian community that are actually active, you know, I'll call them quote unquote flippers of right. NFTs. So I wouldn't really categorize them as collectors. Okay. Because I mean, all the works that I put, I don't think I've ever sold any artwork before. They're, you know, I just keep them. But I mean, these guys are more like I think there's a strong group of people that are more like Nigerians that are, they, they buy to flip to game money, which there's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. But I really can't quantify and say, hey, we have um, a very solid group of. There's definitely collectors out there for sure. Um, well, most, yeah, the reason I asked. Yeah, to your earlier point, right, about liquidity and essentially getting artists paid, right? Um, But even more so than that, and I think you hit the nail on the head right there as far as the distinction between flippers and collectors, which I kind of consider myself both. (laughs) Um, But definitely, I see the value in being a true a true collector and not really worrying about resale but i do think that nfts have kind of gamified the trading side of things you know and have made it so it's less of a personal kind of like oh i'm parting with my art and more like if i make gains on this nft art i can go buy more nft art you know <laughs> and um it's Remember less of a kind real- of emotional kind of decision i think i don't know what do the royalties the artist gets as well 
right exactly there's the benefit of royalties as well yeah yeah it's really interesting to see and from the collector standpoint like you say just because there is a big cryptocurrency market doesn't necessarily going to translate into an nft collector market right but yeah your point about the flipping is really interesting because if enough people from the blockchain crypto side of things saw the value in that flipping or trading of nfts and kind of jumped in and really wanted to do that within the nigerian or even african nft space right like that would just blow up the whole economy right like flippers in general are a good thing and i know a lot of artists necessarily maybe don't love the idea they don't love the idea of their art being flipped like too much but at the same time when you look at the energy that creates right if you look at the most popular the most successful nft projects it's because they have a lot of flippers and you know it is what it is but it's a it's a type of energy that comes from it and a type of economic spin wheel that comes from it and i do think that if there were more collectors of african art and more flippers even of the african nfts the whole economy would benefit you know so it's an interesting angle to take (laughs) absolutely i think it's uh uh, you know, the, the whole essence of behind flipping is for you to gain. So there has to be definite demand for it. There know? does have to be the demand. Yeah. But we create the demand too, right? So it's kind of interesting because you see some <laughs> projects out there that are horrible art, but for whatever reason, they've got their gang of DGENs, you know, maybe a hundred, 300, yeah. whatever, who will buy up all of this stuff, right? Just because, Absolutely. and then they'll play their little flipping games with it. And in the end, it helps the project. It helps everyone. <laughs> so I'm just saying, if we, you know, yeah, we being uh, African people, people of African background decided to invest in our people in the same way and decided to really gamify the experience a bit more, yeah. everyone would benefit, right? <laughs> there's a key, there's a key factor to that that sport the sport that you just described now there's a key factor to it um and most people and i've been studying this for a while a little bit not a long time but there's a factor there's a there's a key factor there's a there's a, there's a thing that plays a role in that aspect in the sense that there's some there's some bags there's some money bags that that are behind some of those activities that you see mm-hmm. you know and yeah I, I don't know if they're you know they're really, you know, I'm not sure, but you know, the, the money bags are, you know, they, they kind of depict certain projects by, by certain people mm. to kind of run sports on it. Yeah, so yeah, we've seen that. So, what do you think to the the idea that we need more money bags in the African NFT community? <laughs> <laughs> Would you agree or disagree with that? Because we know not all money is good money, you know, <laughs> but. To the to the broader question of creating demand and creating more energy within the space, you know, what what would you say to that? Do we need more money bags, more African money bags coming through? Um, uh, yeah, absolutely, we do. <laughs> <laughs> Sasha's saying as long as it's a genuine thing, and and I agree in part. I agree in part, and you know, but in the end, you can't read people's minds. You know, you're never gonna know. What is your genuine connection to that art, you know, or do you just see a monetary potential in it? And personally, I think in NFTs is where it's a little different than IRL art to each their own. You know, if you are buying an NFT because you hope for monetary gain, power to you. Good luck. <laughs> um, if you're more like you and I who have come from the art collector background and we really just want to support artists maybe we resell it maybe we don't down the line but it's not the reason we purchased that art you know um i think both are right i don't even i don't necessarily think that the person buying purely for monetary reasons is necessarily wrong in this nft space i think it's a it's a little bit of a different world you know 
No, and, and and that's the beauty of it. That's the that's the beauty of it, David. Because whichever way the <laughs> artist been, exactly, exactly. Yeah, you know, it, it's just the, the emotional side of things. Oh, this guy bought my work and he's keeping it, and that's fine. But this guy bought my work, he's selling it. You know, there, there's an emotional connection from our perspective, collecting that. But that's okay. But the, the beauty of it is that regardless of what what's happening, the artist is benefiting. Might benefit more. You know, for if, if the works get flipped a hundred times and they get that royalty a hundred times, yeah, plus. yeah. So yeah, and and I and and I, I mean, I don't think you know the artists from our community, the creators in our community, really care about you know how if it's flipped or kept. You know, they just want their work to be out there. You know, the more mm-hmm. you flip it, the more angles gets gets on it. You know, so yeah. And when you flip it, the person buying it may not be interested in flipping it, right? And in the end, yeah. you know, and there's something to be said about that much vaulted floor price, right? And when there is that liquidity, that demand, your floor price is naturally going to go up, you know? Um, so there's that benefit to it, but definitely should not be the focus. Um, and to your point, I think artists create for artists' reasons. And NFTs and the blockchain have just created this new avenue for you as a creator to place your stuff up there and get yourself compensated for it. And that should be the main focus. Um, And then, you know, any emotional attachments and being able to actually meet your collectors, you know, and having that individual person to person connection is a nice new opportunity in the NFT space, especially from a global perspective, you know, like Kofi, I I love to call him a friend and he's such an inspiration to me. And that's because of his NFT project. (laughs) I would not have known about him or even met him or been able to speak to the power of NFTs as clearly if I had not come across his project, you know? For sure. Yeah, so it's really exciting. It's interesting. Um, So we've spoken on a lot about the DAO impacts and the NFT impacts in Nigeria and Africa more broadly. Um, Does the DAO have any plans for the metaverse? Are you are you looking at, you know, whether it's selling art in the metaverse, creating a community space in the metaverse? Is that something uh, on one of your ambitious plans there as well? Or you're kind of more focused (laughs) on the the events and the, the artist promotion? Yeah, it's more emphasis on the artist promotion marketplace. Metaverse, it's um we've had a we had a three D a three D convention, a three D meetup in Lagos, which was very interesting. Like some guys ah, what's his name? There's some guys within our community that's doing brilliant stuff, man, with three D. Mm-hmm. And those are the guys that we had a three D dimension on when was this? It was uh sometime in earlier this year, but man, those are the guys that we kind of um you know, it's and the the three D. You can look at it now if you go to our website. You know, it's it's actually it's actually um you know you could um I think it's an on site, but yeah, we have a collection. So we already have a a collection in the metaverse, but it's all geared towards promoting in promoting artists. So our three D stuff is our on site, but you could look at it, look at the gallery. So those are the guys that were looking to champion um this um this effort. You know, you could I could send you the link. You could nice. check it out. But yeah, but but Niger Down and all that exhibition that happened earlier this year. And you could enter the world and then see uh collection. So we're already in the metaverse for, for sure. You see the dancing chibis up here. Um <laughs> and uh, you know, a couple cool yeah, it's it's up it's up there. I'm looking at it now, really reminiscing uh, you see the three dimension? Yeah, is it metanoia? No, 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 not metaphor. Oh, the third one dimension. Gotcha, gotcha. Third dimension, sorry, third dimension, yeah. So you click on it and you go to V Exhibition Gallery on Cyber. Click on it. 
Here we go. Here we go. Jumping into the metaverse here. Yep, yep, yep. Are, beautiful, beautiful. That's what I'm talking about. So yep, on yep. Cyber is a nice, easy plug and play metaverse. Got some really Absolutely. cool art from the community here. Beautiful 3D, yep. 3D pieces. Yep, 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 yep. So yeah, so we, you know, this is a smaller scale. Um, we we are hoping to, you know, it's just resources, David. I and mean, with more resources, we're, we're hoping to expand this during this November event and um, be able to show why people. If, you, if they can't be there physically, you know, we'll have something that they could enter and be part of it and be able to display artworks as well, just like this. But we are, you know, those are some of the plans and, you know, where, we're, we're, you know, just resources is what's limiting us. If we have resources, we're going to do a lot more. So we're in the metaverse, but it's how to expand this to have more, um, more artists be part of it, uh, more people be part of this, um, you know, um, yeah, using on cyber. But Very yeah, cool. we yeah, we we already um we, this was done like earlier this year. So we we're trying to build on efforts like this already because we're already the metaverse if you can see yeah, Kel Kel Savage. Yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> I love his dancing chibis, man. <laughs> oh so yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. I own a couple of them, you know. Yeah, that was really one cool. I should grab yeah, I it. it. There was a dancing chibi with with a droid. I don't know if you know that collection he did. No, I don't think I've seen that one yet, but it's really droid, cool. A droid dancing chibi. I I have a bought a purchased one of them. It was so cool, man. <laughs> so I'm I'm a, I'm a fan of Cal um, and what he does. So he was uh, he he kind of spearheaded this um this uh, 3D dimension. And they, 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 those guys are good, man, for sure. So yeah, he's we're trying to it. build them. Yeah, we're trying to build on efforts like this and make them bigger and how we can get more sponsorships or attraction and do more um, business. Yeah. Yeah, and I remember Kel has the masks too, right? He did some of his own masks. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he, yeah he does masks. And yeah, that. I remember yeah, seeing yeah. those masks too. Very cool. He's a brilliant guy. I own a couple of his works. He's a brilliant guy, man. So, yeah, and another guy, Hussein, also... You know, he does amazing 3D concept stuff, man. So yeah, yeah, we are we are we are already in the metaverse, bro. We just need to, you know, expand on on some of this stuff because this was open. It's going to a year. Yeah. Yeah, that's something. And um, yeah, you know, just do a few more of those spaces. Um, I would say even you can add it on your link tree, right? Like Nigel Dow Community Art Space, real easy plug and play. Jump in there and check it out. And the cool thing about yeah, those yeah, metaverse yeah. spaces is that people can jump in there and they like them. You can literally buy it just right there, right? Absolutely. Or bid on Absolutely. it or whatever yeah. the case may be, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Very cool. Very cool. Well, I uh, definitely want to get a chance to talk about your other project that you got, the Bionic Owls. I know we've uh, hit the, we've crossed the one hour mark now. We got time though. Um, it's a very cool, <laughs> it speaks to me, as I just mentioned earlier in the uh, episode. I am a gamer. I'm inspired by what's possible in Web3 gaming and the metaverse and really just gaming on the blockchain. Um, I think it's inevitable. I know we're not even close to it quite yet, but you know the ones that are available now are very limited. And I have respect for the ones that are taking their time um, and really trying to, to build out. So please do tell us a little bit about the Bionic Owls and uh, what your role in the project is. Very cool. <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh... So I'm the founder of it and I'm nice. founder CEO of Bionic Owls. I'm going to go back and tell you the inspiration of what, what came about. Um, so growing up again and growing up in Nigeria, West Africa, I would go out as a kid, you know, go play soccer barefooted with um, the big kids, you know. Uh, we would go and play other towns and 
you know, going across marketplaces and all that stuff. So, but of course, my mom would warn me not to go out there, but I'll still go out because that's where all the fun is. You know how African moms are, you know, they want to go out there and, and explore. So I would see crazy stuff happening. There's people fighting, you know, skulls being split, people being to death. And those things was kind of scared me as a kid, like going back home. I'm like, you know, I can't sleep at night. And I'll tell my mom, my mom would say, to him, I say, say your prayers and go to bed, you know. Um, but the prayers still didn't work for me after I said it. Um, but <laughs> as a kid, I was also taught in school that owls don't sleep at night. And as an innocent kid, I made the connection that, okay, if owls don't sleep at night, they probably are protecting innocent kids while they sleep. And I imagine them as being stealth, you know, strong, robotic, you know, fighting off all these bad guys, evil guys at night. You know, as an innocent kid, like five, six years old, seven years old and all that So. And the story kind of stuck with me growing up. So I've always had this fascination about owls. I have a lot of books about owls here. And I teach my kids about how my wife thinks I'm weird sometimes. So. <laughs> That's awesome. So, you got your I spirit know, so, animal, man. You got your spirit animal. <laughs> I know. I love owls. So I always study them and all that stuff. Uh, so um, so the story I kind of played out in my head. And I've been kind of fleshing it out. So I have this lore about, you know, them you know, being in a place called the night planet and the human beings were sending on man ships to kind of explore. You know how human beings are, want to know what's everywhere. Mm. And then, boom, they run into this um, this uh, planet called night planet where it's cloaked in darkness. There's never sunlight and all that stuff. And that's where these owls live. And they were able to take them back to Earth, re-engineer them, make them stronger, robotic to help them you know, fight and do whatever, go explore more planets. And then in the process, some of them went rogue and in turn want to destroy the humans and eradicate Earth. And some of them remain noble. So we call in the rogue ones, RBOs, rogue bionic owls, and the noble ones, noble bionic owls. And that's nice. how come the ball. <laughs> the rogues <laughs> and the nobles. I like it. Yeah. So that's how come the, the, the that, that's the essence behind the lore happen and some of the fightings happen on Earth, night planet, and then the moon is a, no, a neutral place where they come, factions come and negotiate, blah, blah, blah. So the, the lore is really deep. And we're trying to fact, you know, we're trying to connect some African concepts and culture into it while we're oh. still trying to make it a sci-fi futuristic uh, you know, game. And so, yeah, that's what it's about. We're, we're positioning it to be um, a barrier-free access ecosystem whereby you don't necessarily have to own an, an owl to participate but you can play but owning an owl gives you certain perks to to play the game you know that's the clutch the- right make it accessible for everyone but those who own the genesis nft or whatever can get certain benefits you know and maybe as a, a genesis owner you might get access to certain assets as well which you can then sell or trade with other people right absolutely that's that's what we're positioning it to be where we just, I just, um, so as of, I think six months ago, I put, I started talking to people about it. And again, all came from the community. A few guys that I was talking to, Sam being one of them, uh, Chuma being one of them, they're like, okay, you know, guy, you need to put this into a story, try to make it into a, a game. And then you know, um, Sam started doing the website stuff for me. And before you know it, you know, Another guy, a few guys from the community, Alex came on board. He's like, I'll help you with community stuff. And then, boom, you know, we talked to a few guys. They were like, ah, this sounds interesting. Because it's what's really attracting people towards the project is the, the, personal, the personal story behind it. And, and we're trying to build into a, a lot of in real life utility to being part of it or owning an owl. 
Um, the, it's, it's really interesting. We're actually we're about to finalize our white paper pitch like this week, wow. and the website is on bioniciles.io. We're going to revamp it a little bit, but you could go on it now and see what it's about. Yeah, I've been I've been showing it to everybody watching here, and it's definitely a real clean website. It looks real nice. the The 3D graphics yeah. are beautiful, and I just clicked through yeah. to some of the lore as well. You've got the Bionic Owl story there, so you got some really cool background already. Yeah, this is yeah. awesome, man. Really cool. Um, yeah, sounds yeah, like yeah. good timing yeah. too. If the white paper is ready this week, then <laughs> there you go. Everybody oh, can yeah, check that out. Bionicowls.io. Io. Io. The white paper will be ready by this week, and the pitch deck and all that stuff. So we just did a review of it yesterday. Everything looks good. We just want to add a couple of things and make a. And we're planning an NFT drop sometime in November. So we'll we will collaborate with a bunch of people. That we're gonna add up um, a lot of people partnerships and all that stuff. That from people that really gravitated. I mean, it, it gives me smiles when I, I wake up sometimes and I'm like, man, this story that has been this childhood story that I've been playing up in my mind is becoming a project. Like seriously, That's amazing. like I love to hear stuff people, like that. There are a lot of the partnerships and people that are reaching out want to partner with us and liking the artwork, the logo, and all that stuff. I'm like, cool, yeah, yeah. I was um. I was in New York City um, this past summer, so I know I did the night job, but I was also at gaming um, spaces talking about it, networking with people. Um, so a lot of some of those um, in real life experience in New York, and I kind of transitioned into actual people wanting to partner um, with us. Yeah, so it's really it's a fun project of mine that I just um, I'm excited to see it grow each day, and people that really. We have um, we have a couple army groups, people that are just buying our army. They just do stuff. We don't pay them. They just create cool shit. Wow, that's amazing. But, this is the power of community here. Like, this site is really, really clean. It's it's really amazing. So who who built this site yeah. for you? Did you build this? No, I didn't build it. It's um one of the community members, like the guy I'm talking about, Sam. Right. He's um he he's 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 a man. Oh, that's the amazing, guy. Man. The guy doesn't talk much, man. But um, there's a, he partner with we partner with some of some Indian guys. But the, he he is he's good, man. He doesn't. I'm like, dude, you need to do more. Yeah, that's why I put him on the panel for the um the uh, smart contract group stuff with him because he he's a bit of a reserve side, but he nice. has a lot of gold. Friends. So I, I'm always pushing him to kind of be more out there because he's he's smart, man. He's smart, and he's part of the Nigerian NFT community. Yep. Yeah. Cool. So, yeah, I that's mean, the way you. Yeah, the way you've laid out the the roadmap is very reasonable as well, you know, starting this Q3 2022 and then Q4, you know, December, January, you got some reasonable mm -hmm. goals. And um, mm -hmm. how do you feel about um, the staking side of things? Um, I know I've seen some some gaming uh, NFTs trying to to make this work, and it seems like it's really rely on, it relies on, you know, kind of liquidity coming from somewhere right to make the staking really worth it yeah um, yeah, yeah. The, so, so so that part um i really can't speak on it much because we're consulting with a, a few um firms that are advising us on how to take that well, because we we'll just put the just a, a placeholder but mm. we're consulting with a couple fintech firms that are saying okay these are the actors yeah so we're really but the the, the all the efforts and emphasis are going towards you know creating the artwork the making process and just growing the community and the, the growth that we're seeing now how do we manage it and you know towards uh mental and beyond so that's what we're kind of focusing on the, the staking part is going to come sometime next year and we're really careful we're really trying to plan that very well mm -hmm. it's going to take a while looking at different options so i'm not like um 
DeFi, DeFi expert, you know, have an yeah. idea, um, you know, but um, yeah, I know, I know where you're getting in terms of that liquidity, how to maintain that. There's a couple of locking mechanisms that has been thrown out there that we're looking at um, that I can't speak too much, but different ideas to kind of, you know, put some locking mechanism in there so that way you're able to, you know, you're able to oh, maintain cool. your... Yeah, no, cool, it's, yeah. Uh, it's it's really, really interesting, really cool vision, man. Recommend everybody to go check it out, bionicowls.io. Yeah, I mean, as a gamer, I'm definitely going to be keeping an eye on it and uh, would love to see uh, where you go. And maybe when it launches, whenever next year sometime, we'll definitely have you back and uh, be able to go through a full demo maybe of the game. And uh, yeah, it, it's not a it's not an easy lift, right? It's a heavy lift to try to get something like this. Now, just this is not the inspiration behind it, David. But I was in New York as well, and um, you know, I, I attended a couple of gaming conferences that you know, gaming speaker sessions, and you know. But while I was there, another thing just struck me is like you know, I was just looking around, and, you know, there's not a lot of people that look like me there. And, I bet. And, yeah, so I was, you know, That's you it. know, I had my speaker bag, VIP bag, and all that, but it was just still felt like now. Why 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 aren't there more people that look like me here in this in this listening to this talk and all that stuff? So yeah, you know. So. Well, it's good. It's good that the story is rooted in your uh, African uh, upbringing. You know, your your mother and, and the experiences you had out on the, you know, having fun outside, but seeing things maybe a young kid shouldn't see. Uh, and Absolutely. now you now you've got this story about the bionic owls who uh, help, or I guess the. The noble ones help, and the rogue ones are <laughs> up to no good, right? <laughs> That's what's up, man. It's really cool. Thank you for sharing that with us. Um, final question we always ask our guests before we wrap up here is, you know, how are you kind of reaching out to people who haven't, you know, jumped into the Web3 wave yet? How are you kind of promoting it to those who maybe have skepticism or have been listening to too much of the FUD, you know, the fear, uncertainty and doubt about blockchain, about NFTs? How are you kind of attempting to pull these people in or are you? Um, oh, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, interestingly enough, David, some of those people are still active. Some of them are still creators that yep. are looking at us like, uh, what are these guys up to? You know, so I think those are th th those are what we consider low hanging fruit for us. Those creators that are seeing what other creators are doing, seeing how other creators are successful in the NFT space, we're reaching out to them, and you know that's why we're going to use this platform because we believe, um, especially in Nigeria and Africa, IRLs are more impactful and more powerful than Twitter Spaces. So we we've seen that already from. From the stuff we've been yeah, and I've been very impressed by the fact that your DAO has been very intentional about trying to host these IRL events, as we've discussed today. You know, yes, we 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 see the impact when we do a three third dimension. We saw how many people came out physically in that location, and how many people followed us after that. So we see the impact of Metanoa in Kenya and Lagos. How many people came there in person? Mm -hmm. Most of the people that come there. They're not all NFT artists. They're not all NFT believers. They're not all blockchain believers. Some of them are just there, want to enjoy the scenery, to hang out with all the artists and talk about what they're really facing. Some of them are there because they're shy. They don't want to, they don't, they, they think people might not hear them very well in spaces and they want to talk to your fellow artists in real life. So two, some of them are there just to enjoy the food and the drink. Right. Some of them are there just to, you know, just get the vibe. So, 
So when they come, and we were talking to other, we're having people who have people from Nigeria just reaching out, say, hey, what's your art? Have you minted? Oh, well, they will see, oh, they, then they will tell us, they will tell the others, no, we haven't actually minted. But I'm an artist, but I've been just watching the space. So those are the people that we are actively, so when we have um, those in real life activities and we have those materials that are geared towards their local languages, that get towards their local culture, because Nigeria has a vast majority, a vast number of country. Yes. So when we have those materials there and we're actually not just doing all the all the events in one space in Lagos, we're doing it in Abuja, the north, we're doing it in different parts of the country. When we have those materials for them there, it's easier to come come to to kind of get them over to actually, you know, start the process or you know, get them to actually start participating actively, minting work and selling work as, as an NFT artist versus us just hosting through the spaces, um, hoping that when they hear us or some of them will come into the space and they won't want to speak for some reason. So, mm-hmm. so that's why we're really hoping on um, those in real life events and also getting materials that are a bit locally tailored towards them. Those are the efforts that we feel like that can help capture those um those those guys that are they're NFT artists. They're, they're just curious, but they're not participating in the space. Right. Yeah, traditional artists who haven't jumped into the NFTs yet. And I agree. I couldn't agree more. I think IRL is the wave. I think that people seeing other people, uh, even if it's not like huge success, even just being able to sell one art piece on the blockchain, that's one more art piece than you've sold, you know? <laughs> you know? Um, and that's yeah, a validation. Uh, that's yeah. a validation that the technology works. Validation, the yeah. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Um, and Sasha was asking specifically for um, an artist who wants to get involved with Nigel Dow, and maybe they're not at the point of purchasing right now. How would you um, ask them to get involved and support? So, so they're they're an actual artist physically in Nigeria that are not purchasing work. Uh, I believe they'd be in uh, America in this case. Oh, of okay, Nigerian okay, descent, okay. the diaspora. Oh, okay, 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 I get it, I get it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, so, um, Sasha, definitely would like to link up with you. Um, you know, w- when when we're talking about onboarding, right, we we, we want to bring um, a broad perspective to it. That's why, you know, my participation or co- our collaboration with Disrupt Arts, they're mainly an American group, but you know, they're they they're giving us a support from a from an American standpoint and being of African American descent. You know, there's a connection there that that is, we think is very unique, and that's what we're trying to bridge. So we'll definitely, if there's an artist in the U.S. that wants to participate, could also just help us with, you know, sharing their story, how they, uh, you know, how they went from, you know, being a, a traditional artist to being an NFT artist, some of their, you know, pitfalls, some things to avoid and things of that nature. You know, stories like that from an artist would actually help inspire other artists, regardless of where they are. You know, helping us, you know, you know, plan some of this, uh, you know, collaborative events, um, maybe artists, you know, artists meets artists kind of events. You know, that Twitter spaces and you know, if we're having anything and physically um, in the United States or in the, you know, she can also help us on planning and be a speaker and be a, you know, an inspiration for. So yeah, um, if there's training materials that you know she feels like she could share, resources that she could, she could share that we can in turn you know translate or get it out to a community, those are you know absolutely um, welcome ideas. If there's any resources to help help an artist um, you know get their work out there more, 
that's also a resource that that will be very helpful. Yeah, anything awesome. that you could benefit out of there, we're more than welcome. Sounds like Nigel Dow likes the tangible, tangible support for artists. Um, and I know on nigadow.io, uh, if you go there, you can scroll down past uh, some really cool art, and there's a button there that says "Join Us." So you can try that button there too. It might uh, help you out. Absolutely. Or thank join you. Thank Dow you. Yeah. at the top yeah. there. There you go. And there's a whole form here so you can fill out. So yep, yep, yep. there you go. You take that route as well. Very cool. Very cool. I, I'm in, I'm inspired. I hope all of our listeners are inspired. Charles, it's really amazing. I, I love the on the ground kind of tangible things you guys are doing, the real life events, showing people the value of the space, you know, showing people the fact that it's working, that people are really being impacted positively. And like I said earlier, the dream conduit that I'm working with is also trying to take that kind of very tangible, you know, how can we reach out to people IRL approach? Um, are you going to be down in Miami in Art Basel for Art Basel? Uh, for sure. For yeah, sure. no um, doubt. So I might I might be able to run into you again there because I think we're going to be heading out there uh, for Dream Conduit. And uh, we'll touch base with you in the back channel, too. Maybe there's some opportunity yeah. for collaboration or something. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, I think we're way past running into David. We need to plan some conference for Apple. Let's do it, man. Let's do it. That's Let's do it. Let's make it happen. <laughs> you know, it's all about showing up in real life and. Yeah, you know, connecting with people, the community becomes much more real. The NFT community becomes so much more real uh, when you're actually sure. in the spaces and and learning and educating and uh, connecting in real life. So looking forward to that sure. most definitely. Yeah, let me know. Definitely want to plan something with um, Dream Conduit for sure. Definitely right. want to plan. That's exciting. All right, let's make it happen. Uh, okay, Charles, well, we'll be in touch. Thank you so much for this opportunity. It's been a lot of really important points I think we've touched on. I look forward to any feedback you get from your community. And I will be definitely out there purchasing some art from African artists and uh, Nigerian artists specifically. And I just wish you all the success in the world with your Bionic Owls project, this very awesome, ambitious gamer project. And yeah, we'll keep watching. Uh, anything else you'd like to add? No, I just want to um, you know, shout out the team. It's not all, it's, it's, I'm not the only one doing it. Um, I want to shout out co my co-founder, Chuma Nabado. You know, they, these guys are behind the scene pulling all the strings. Anita, Ayor, there's a bunch of, um, you know, people, some of them we've mentioned, Carol Savage, people that are really doing stuff for the community that are helping out. Um, some of them are not compensated. You know, I'm not compensated for what I'm doing. And, you know, so we just want to, you know, give ourselves a shout out, give them a shout out for what they're doing behind the scenes. Uh, uh, that's not, sweat, um, sweat equity, right? You guys are putting in yeah. the sweat equity for your people, for the community. And because uh, you believe in the technology, right? We see where it's Absolutely. going. You know, we're trying to lead the way. We're trying to bring more people in, trying to create more collectors as well as creators within the space so that we can all kind of grow and build together. So that's what's up. Sure. Appreciate Absolutely. you, Charles. Sure. It's uh, been an awesome opportunity. Um, wish you all the best and your whole community. Keep doing what you're doing. Keep plugging in and uh, we'll be watching. So thank you so much. And to everybody out there, uh, thank you for tuning in to Web3 Warriors. We'll be live again next Saturday. And until then, we'll catch you in the metaverse. Peace out. Peace.